Hey, everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri, along with Stephen Ruiz and filling in for a vacationing Evan Thorpe, Michelle Martinelli. What's up, guys? I'm so happy to be back. These guys just need to keep going on vacation so that I can keep coming on the podcast and hanging out with you. So you can be a part of the team. <laughs> you need to be much more louder if you're going to fill in for Evan. <laughs> that's true. That quiet uh, stuff will, will fly if you're filling in for me, but you need to start screaming right now. Well, then <laughs> let's get passionate about something because I only scream when I'm passionate. All right. We have a couple of things on the agenda for today. We're going to talk about Dan Lebetard's uh, ESPN, I'm not going to say rant, ESPN comments, comments that he made on his radio show. We have a social media of the week featuring Russell Wilson. And we're also going to get into not sports, but whatever, because Steven saw the new Lion King movie. So stick around for his review, which I'm waiting for with with bated breath. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. We also have the worst fan in the world. That is coming up as well. We have so much to get to today. All right, Stephen, fill us in on what happened with Dan LeBetard. So this was on his radio show, which I believe is like simulcast on ESPN, ESPN2, one of the one of their yeah. like many networks. And he was basically talking about the Trump, I don't know what it was. What was it, a rally? He was at, so the context for this is that uh, for the past couple of weeks or so, there has been outcry between President Trump and four congressional women um, all women of color. And at the rally, there was a send her back chant. And Trump initially said that he did not encourage it. But when you watch the clip, he kind of lets the chant go and then gives it, you know, time to kind of gain traction and then continues with his speech. So that is the context of the political of of this. And he said some other things that could be taken as yes insensitive. And- yeah, the tweets we will not get into, but yes, there's that too. So then Lebetard is talking about how, you know, ESPN has this like no politics policy after the Jamel Hill situation. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how that's kind of cowardly of them, that they can only get into this political discussion if another like athlete or coach, like he he brought up Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich speaks about it, and then they can start to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But they can't just bring up something that's so obviously racist, which this rally like ended up being without another athlete letting them get into it. And he basically said ESPN's cowardly for that, for not letting them talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um. So there's a little bit of fallout with this, right? One is that people didn't appreciate his comments. And there were people who said that wasn't racist. There are people who said stick to sports, that we should not be talking about this whatsoever. Um, and then there's the fact that he's calling out his employer for their policy. So this hits on multiple levels. It caused, you know, it caused, I, I don't want to say outrage, but there was a new cycle around his comments. Uh, um, I think it's super interesting because we do that too. We, we're a sports site and we traffic in cultural commentary. We talk about race. We talk about gender, especially on this podcast, but we never talk about politics straightforward, right? right? We did not have any op-eds about this on our site. So I appreciate the fact that he need, he felt like he needed to call out this was straight-up racist, but I'm not sure that it's fair to single out ESPN. Yeah, that would be my question to you guys. Is is he Does he have a point? Is ESPN being, like, cowardly? Or I don't, I don't even know if that's the right word. Well, that's the word he used. By not allowing... Yeah, I guess they're employees to bring stuff up like this, unless an athlete 
brings them into the story. So let me give you his direct quote. Uh, He says, then here, all of a sudden, nobody talks politics on anything unless we can use one of these sports figures as a meat shield in the most cowardly possible way to discuss the subject. So like a meat shield, right? Like he he was not mincing words about this and he felt very visceral about it. I think that part of this is, is that if you are employed to give your opinion on things, you should not have to limit yourself to just sports if you feel strongly about something. And and I think there's a delicate balance there too because if you're you're going to call out what your employer has set forth based on previous actions where they determined that there was a problem and they felt they needed to implement whatever this is, and I think it's it's challenging and maybe impossible to limit it to a hard rule, right? Right? Like like you can't say. We never do this or we're, we're only going to do that because the, those are absolutes that just can't be enforced because there are some situations like this where I think we all agree that this was so overtly racist mm-hmm. that you're just you're calling a spade a spade. And then there's other situations where you, you could have things that are up for debate. Um, right. I, I just I think it's hard because it, racism is not politics in the same way that fiscal responsibility debates are politics. Right. It's not an issue of policy. It's more an issue of morality. So he says, this is his quote, the send her back chant and the go back to where you came from are so antithetical to what we should be. I, I, it, it, it is very much just feels like a baseline, right? Like it's like, it should not be controversial to say something like this. Um, but for better or for worse, it's where we are. An, like the analogy he used, it was he was like that's like burning a cross and then calling it religion, right? Like, that's yeah. not the same thing. No, um, yeah, I guess to me this is just definitely a line we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is that sports is always going to be interwoven with politics. Uh, there's really no sticking to sports, uh, and we might be living in extraordinary times and it feels disingenuous to not mention these things when they happen. And if you bring things like this up and continue to criticize them and point out that this shouldn't be the norm, it helps to maybe in even the tiniest way, I think it helps to make sure that it doesn't become the norm, that we don't become desensitized to things like this, which I think we have to a certain extent. But like you continue to call it out and say, this is not okay. This is blatantly wrong. It helps that he's a man calling it out, right? Mm -hmm. Versus uh, almost anybody else uh, to get to pay attention to. Um, But yeah, I he's not going to get suspended, right? I think the conversation is still ongoing. I don't think he is, but there's still some things to be worked out. I think you also have to like consider the platform. Like it's the Dan Levitard show, and it's like I guess it's like a three-hour radio show. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Sports Center. Like he just brought it out of nowhere. Like they gave him a show to like talk about what he wanted to talk about, and that's what he wanted to talk about. Right. Yeah, like it's not like he brought it up on highly questionable in a half-hour show where that's really a twenty-two-minute show kind of thing. Yeah, like I think that makes sense. Uh, all right, moving on. All right, let's get into. The worst fan in the world. (laughs) So there was a L.A. Clippers press conference introducing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George to, I guess, the media. I'm not really sure why. 
but they do this all the time. Yeah, yeah like they do this all the time. Introduce them as team members. Exactly. Like so, they do this all the time. Um, but there was a guy who, during the unveiling of a mural, was a Lakers fan and started like catcalling when that happened. Get a life. Like when do you when in his day do you think he decided he was gonna do it? Like did he have to leave work to do this? This guy does not have a job. Yeah, I was gonna say this <laughs> dude. That this right dude definitely is underemployed. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever he's doing, he's underemployed if he has time to do this. Yeah, I guess he shouted, This is a Lakers hood and that the Clippers should go to Seattle. <laughs> But, like, also, are you new here? It's not like Paul George and Kawhi brought a new franchise to Los Angeles. Well, he's bitter. (laughs) Obviously, this fan is bitter because uh, Kawhi Leonard was supposed to be going to the Lakers, and he's mostly upset that uh, he didn't, you know, they don't have him on their team. So it's born out of jealousy. I think this makes it look worse. Like, if you have to say it's a Lakers town, then is I mean, it obviously is, but... You shouldn't have to say it. That's the point. My understanding was that the real basketball fans root for the Clippers, and you only go to Lakers games because you want to be seen. I don't. I don't think that's. Yeah, fair. I don't. Know. That's a hundred percent true. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know about that. I think you just see the more visible Lakers fans are the ones that you wouldn't cons- consider real fans. I would say like Jack. Nicholson, I always get him mixed up with the golfer. Okay, but Jack Nicholson yeah. is like He's a, a, a Lakers fan. fan from like 30 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, but, I was going to exclude him. I'm yeah. not ex- including but him. But I would even extend that. Like there's lots of people in Hollywood who are Lakers fans. And I think that sort of helps perpetuate the Lakers town thing. And and then there's, you- a, there's a lot of high profile Lakers fans because they need to be seen supporting a team. They don't really care about basketball. No, they don't. I think some of them do. Do I mean, do maybe, you... but like, I don't think any celebrity thinks, oh, I need to be seen, so I'm going to be a Lakers fan. Oh, my I God, disagree Michelle, with that. I disagree that's with that. exactly why people go to Lakers games, because they need to be seen. But some of these people are like season ticket holders that go Who? every year. Who? Penny Marshall. Oh my God! She <laughs> she's died. Not. She's dead, Michelle. She's I, dead. She's the first like one the that Lakers comes up. I think Marty Hoffman is. Who uh, are these seasoned... people? Penny Marshall is dead. She's not. Is she, she actually dead? Yes. yes. <laughs> when was the last time she was considered a celebrity? <laughs> I'm. She... <laughs> she's the first one that came to mind as a season ticket holder wow. that I definitely know of. Do, who's the second person you named? Does she sell Marta popcorn? Marta Kaufman, the, the creator of Friends. I talked, I interviewed her a couple months ago and you wanted me to yell. I'm yelling. Yell into the mic. <laughs> okay, look. I will tell you that, first of all, Michelle is like 100% wrong about that. <laughs> Tons of celebrities go to Lakers games because they need to be seen. That that That's unequivocal. That's a fact. Um, all right. But that is also not really the point of this. The point of this is that that guy was a bad fan. You make yourself look bad. You make the entire Lakers fan base look bad. And you're not doing anybody any favors. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Kawhi had no regrets. Yes. That guy did not show Kawhi the error of his ways. Kawhi didn't make him question his life decisions. Yeah. Kawhi was like, yep, nailed it. Got (laughs) got it right on the first try. Um, Okay. Let's move on to our social media post of the week starring Russell Wilson. Isn't it always? (laughs) It's been a while since we've done this segment, but he's really excited for training camp and he posted like an Instagram video, right? 
Yeah, I think that's what it is. He's got no shirt on. He's got no shirt on. He's, <laughs> He's got, got a, a, a visor. A, a visor, which I have to. That's a pro move with his hair kind of sticking up all over the place. Is uh, it? I I think that the visor is um is an underutilized no, you article of clothing. Wait, oh, I don't think so. That's like a early. He's got like a early two thousand look. Like <laughs> yeah, oh, it's I a know. master's visor. Does, that's why I like it. That makes it. it even worse. Yeah, I, I think that makes it, I don't know about worse, weirder. Definitely yeah, it makes weirder. it weirder. I'm not saying it's like a good aesthetic choice. And I'm it, saying that for the video, it works he's well. He's got like a Guy Fieri type hair going on. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, he might have like Oakleys somewhere. <laughs> like, you know those Oakleys with like the the like different color shape? Yeah, like, like the lenses? rainbow. <laughs> yeah, he's got those somewhere. He's got a puka shell necklace. <laughs> Uh, but again, it's kind of um, on par, as we're sticking with the golf theme, for his social media, which is that he does these weird videos that are completely out of context. I think he's trying too hard. He's always trying too hard. Um, guys, guys, it might be time to get into not sports, but whatever. This is my favorite segment of the podcast, and this week we're going to talk about The Lion King because Steven is the only person at this table who has seen it. Am I? You are. The remake. You haven't seen it? I will see it, regardless of what you say. The remake? Yes. Okay. Okay, if you haven't seen the 1994 version, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Well, let's get into that because the lady next to me may have never seen it (laughs) because she, not only did she cry when Mufasa died, Maybe she's just feeling emotional. When you know the scene where like Scar like tells Simba to like run away and never come back? Yes. yes. She's like effing Scar. <laughs> like have you not seen this movie? Like did Oh, he... she's definitely never seen this. <laughs> did she not know that Scar was like evil? First of all, I blame his parents for him being evil. Like why are you naming your kid Scar? That's true. You're kind of setting himself up. You're setting him up for failure. You just named him Scar. Right. Um, did you like the film? Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Was it Whoa, shot? Have you, you you've seen the original one? Yes. Was it judging by the trailer? It looked very shot for shot remake, which kind of disappoints me if that's what it actually is. Because have a little creativity in a film that you are in fact remaking. I don't I don't remember the original enough to tell you that, but I can tell you that the best part of it is Timon and Pumbaa, which is Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner. Yeah, like they make those characters their own. That's the only part that's like original, I would say. What about Beyonce? I was going to get to Beyonce. (laughs) This is just like Beyonce, like reading lines. Like I'm convinced that she was not in the studio with any of the other people. Like she has like it's just Beyonce reading lines. Okay, but to be fair, to be fair, Nala does not have a lot of character depth. She kind of comes in in the beginning. She comes in at the end, and she's like. You're supposed to be king. They don't, she doesn't have, her whole character is pretty surface level. They kind of give her more character. Okay. Like, she's more like, we got to do something about Scar, whatever he's doing when he takes over. It's like, probably because it's Beyonce. Right. But she, I, she's not very good. Well, <laughs> and, so, wow. no, similar. I heard, I had friends who are huge Beyonce fans and said a similar thing that actually it wasn't just that it, it was clear that she was not a great voice actor. But also that you were so distracted by the fact that it was so blatantly Beyonce's voice that like that was a separate just dis- like just distracting element from the film itself. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I w- I was actually surprised that it wasn't 
more beyond like i wasn't like this is beyonce like i i mm. thought she toned down like she kind of has has a southern accent she kind of toned that down a little um i don't think the lion king is a very good movie to begin with oh. i think that i that wrong. i have a lot yeah, of hot that's takes wrong that, well this isn't a hot take this is a wrong take okay. yeah but also i this doesn't make any sense. So he he leaves as a kid and then comes back uh, and he's still fit to rule the tribe just because of his bloodline. I I don't believe in I don't believe in that. Hamill, <laughs> you love the British royals well, as true. like right. that's I the love, same concept right, like by I, blood. Yeah, but the the monarchy doesn't get to do any actual governing, right? So if there was another council of lions that could come in and actually rule the pride, I, that would be fine with it. Okay, but did you see like scientists in I think National Geographic came out and said actually the Lion King is so scientifically inaccurate because it would really be the Lion Queen because the like that's how the tribe would the lion tribe would actually function in also, nature. Well, yeah, also lions don't talk. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right, right, right. So my lifelong vendetta against Disney films, this is just one, which is that it elevate it's completely factually not right, right? Yeah. Because that's no, not what it the male be. lion would actually not come back. It just furthers a patriarchal myth. Right. So And the women that. would be the ones that are in charge and it's alluded to slightly that like the women are the or the female lions are the hunters. Right. But like they're actually also more in charge. Exactly. So you're just re you're just perpetuating a false myth to reinforce the patriarchy. So F U Lion King. Boom. But that I doesn't make it a bad Lion movie. King. I, I will still cry when Mufasa dies. I will I mean, it's still basically, sing along to the songs. It's basically Hamlet. It, it is, is Hamlet. It is yeah. Hamlet. It's exactly it's Hamlet. down to the ghost that comes back. Yeah. From, so you don't like Hamlet? I mean, I like Hamlet. Don't slam Hamlet on this podcast. <laughs> All right. As always. One more have... thing. Donald Glover's not that good oh, in the oh. movie. In the movie. Talk about hot takes coming in. Uh, in the movie. Watch it. He's not good. All right. Wow. I just wanted to leave on that note. Wow, wow, wow. I was disappointed. All right. Well, we have given you guys a lot to think about, I hope. Uh, as always, thank you to Claire for helping us with the podcast. She's kind of the silent, quiet voice in the background judging us. Maybe one day. Judging you for your Lion King take. God knows that's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening.